0: All right. What up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Eric Spitz, who is a fellow podcast host, marathon runner, which I could never do. So (laughs) kudos to you, Eric. He's also a blogger and a curious wanderlust. You're going to have to tell us more about that. But Eric, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. And we like to Mm -hmm. jump right in. So let's go ahead and start with why curious wanderlust.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think ultimately I just I just love the traveling experience in general. And I never really like to make concrete plans. Like I have rough plans for what I want to do. I'll I'll pick out one or two items that I really want to hit on the agenda on a trip. And everything else is just kind of like, all right, I'll figure it out along the way or something. Like this place looks cool. I'm gonna stop there. So I feel like I'm I'm wandering a lot when I travel. Like I have a few destinations in mind, but I like to kind of you know take the casual approach with it and just kind of experience things as they come
0: yeah yeah no for sure i am very similar in fact uh for the longest time i thought a calendar was like it made me want to throw up (laughs) (laughs) i felt restricted to things and then i learned a little bit about well you should schedule the things you like to do instead Mm -hmm. of the things you feel like you have to do. And that makes you feel a little more free. But even if you're back to back to back with things that you want to do, it can still Mm -hmm. feel a little hectic, especially on vacation. So I'm glad that you have like the one or two things that you are aiming to do, but the rest (laughs) of it, you just kind of, let yourself be in the moment and experience it. So I love that. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have to, and that's what I've kind of realized is when I'm on vacation, because I, I schedule so many things in my ordinary life, like when it comes to work or the podcasts I do, like I, I kind of have to, to stay organized. I have to schedule weeks, months in advance for interviews or meetings or what have you. And vacations and traveling is kind of my one, one chance to kind of escape from that and be like, you know what? I'm not going to have a strict schedule today. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Well, awesome, man. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into hearing a little bit more about you. Tell us about what you do for fun and just a little bit about yourself.
1: For sure. Yeah. So I think you mentioned a a few of those points already. So I do host a podcast, Juxtapose Journeys, where I interview people about their life passions and things of that nature. And I also, um, I'm a big movie buff or like to think I'm somewhat of a movie buff. I co-host on a movie podcast, Films for the Void, and that's that's a lot of fun. I do that with my college buddy, Landon, and we just alternate and pick different movies to focus on in each episode, and yeah, in addition to that, I, I run a lot. I run a lot of marathons, and I have a goal of running a marathon in all 50 states, so that's kind of become part of my identity and my life work, I guess, the thing that I'm really striving for, and yeah, and I, I guess work and and goal oriented things aside, I mean, I I love to read, uh, play video games, and just um, yeah, and just hang out with people, watch movies, and just kind of travel and soak in different experiences.
0: There we go, there we go. Just curious, <laughs> what video games do you like to play?
1: Man, I have been really hooked on. Uh, well, I've been I've always been a big Zelda nerd ever since I was a kid, and I've been finally working my way through. Um uh breath of the wild and it's oh it's amazing i i got a switch i kind of broke down and finally got myself one and because i normally don't indulge in i guess just like a bunch of material possession stuff like that's like i don't really need that type thing but i broke down and got one and it's been it's been amazing and yeah they're releasing a sequel soon so i'm trying to like get through it a little bit more so i can like jump on and get the sequel but it's a fantastic game i mean i i I've never been disappointed with a Zelda game and this one's, yeah, no different. And it's been, I've been sinking a lot of time into it lately, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I feel that, I feel that. I'm also, I play a decent chunk of video games, but I um, almost exclusively, and this might be one of the worst video games like story-wise, but it's so fun to play with other people, play Fortnite with my- Oh,
1: yeah. And my brother,
0: so <laughs> it's so fun. When I first got her into it, she was like- uh, this is stupid. This sucks. And now <laughs> it's just so <laughs> funny to watch her play because she's so into it. But um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, man. So love that you have a pretty full, fun life. It sounds like that's amazing. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I definitely stay busy and I I probably bite off more than I can chew most of the time. I'll admit that. But I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way, though. I have a blast doing it. And I feel like I I don't know. I, I feel a, a lot of fulfillment from just keeping a busy schedule. And yeah, I can definitely get overwhelming sometimes. But I don't know. I, I like to I like to stay busy because I feel like if I'm idle for too long, I just I don't know. I, I, I always seem to fill my time with something. So I'm, I feel like I'm always naturally busy in that sense. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Tell us a little bit more about. So you host the podcast one more time on the name of the podcast, not that you co-host, but that you host.
1: Yeah. Uh, juxtapose Journeys
0: juxtaposed journeys. Gotcha. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's,
1: it's kind of a, a mouthful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, you're good. Well, tell us a bit about the blogging and the podcasting. And if you do any, like, if you uh, have a business on the back end of that or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, well, juxtaposed journeys originally started as a blog. And it, was, it would kind of, or the original intention with it was I was going to document some of my traveling experiences and talk about the growth that I felt from that. But then also just I love I was really intrigued with the idea of journeys in general and how it can have multiple meanings. And that's kind of where the juxtaposition, juxtaposed comes in the name. So it could be a physical journey or just a mental journey, which could be like some sort of new venture or new hobby. Because at the end of the day, they're all a journey. It's just it's just that the meaning and the definition is just a little bit different. So I was always kind of intrigued with that idea and kind of exploring that idea further. So Yeah, it originally started as a blog where I would just write about each state I would run a marathon in because I plan to compile everything. And eventually, once I hit all 50, write a book on the experience. So I don't want these stories to get lost in the process. So I've been trying to, well, trying to and, and hopefully getting better at it, but to document some of these stories after the fact and just kind of write about the overall experience, you know, the places I stayed, the places I went, the people I met and things of that nature. And then during the pandemic, well, first of all, I got caught up and took the blog more seriously and started writing every single week and publishing content. And that was great. And then I think ultimately I missed that whole interpersonal communication throughout the pandemic of just actually talking with people, hearing their stories. And that's really where the idea of turning it into a podcast came from. So I had some friends who started a podcast and I was just kind of thinking, I've never really done this, but you know how hard could it be type thing? So I did some research into it and it's like, oh, I'll figure it out along the way. And yeah, no, it's it's been great. I mean, you know, it's definitely been a learning curve for sure. I, feel, I try to learn something new after each episode, but yeah, I, essentially with that, I interview people about their passion projects. So whether they're a creator, or entrepreneur, or just have some sort of identity outside of just an eight to five job, because I find a lot of meaning in those conversations. You know, like, what do you do? either after work or what do you do that fulfills you that has now become your work has become your full-time job because those are the conversations I love to have with people because I feel like there's nothing more depressing than asking somebody what they do in their spare time or what they do after work and they don't really have an answer for it it's like there's got to be something you know
0: no absolutely I'm right there with you obviously from this podcast yeah (laughs) right but um yeah I I think it's uh, really sad, especially I'm 23. So I talk to a lot of 20 year olds and mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they get, they're getting into the workforce and work is kind of their life right now. It's like the only mm-hmm. thing they're doing. So it's kind of the only thing we talk about. And I'm like, unless you really, really, really love your job, I kind of don't want to hear about it. Like you know I mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the passion doesn't come out. Like you don't smile when you talk about it. And so it's just mm-hmm. a really fun conversation. So.
1: Oh, definitely. No, I know. And it's, it's so sad to me because, well, I'm 31 myself and I'll get talking to people who are younger than me. They're just like, Oh, I'm too old for this or too old to go on. It's like, Dude, you're younger than me. Like you're fine. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah it's, I mean, it's all a mindset, honestly. And I firmly believe that I've met some people who are doing some extraordinary things that, you know, 20 year olds aren't even doing and they're pushing 70. Like yeah. it's nuts. It's all really is just a mentality.
0: Oh, no, it really is like straight <laughs> up. Um, mm-hmm. Well, awesome, man. Tell us a little bit more about what gets you up and gets you going every day. What's your motivation?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I, yeah, I think ultimately just. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. I mean, I do get a lot of fulfillment with the podcast and having these these deep conversations with people I, I, because I feel the fulfillment because I feel like I'm giving someone else a platform, helping them out in some capacity, helping them spread the word on whatever it is they're passionate about, because I know how that goes. I, I feel like I have a lot of passions and I'm very passionate about a lot of things. And you know, I, I probably annoy a lot of people when I go and tell them about it and stuff, but I know that people love to talk about this kind of stuff. And, and those are the conversations I love having to where they just immediately get a smile on their face. And they're just like, and they're just eager to tell you all about it and they'll talk your ear off. It's like, yeah, those, those, those are the things I want to hear about. And so I get a lot of fulfillment just from knowing or at least hoping anyway that i'm making somewhat of a difference and giving somebody a platform and hearing their stories keeping their stories alive because i'm really intrigued and fascinated with the idea of legacy as a whole you know what it is that we do the actions we take every day what is what is it what it is what is it it, are we (laughs) tripping over (laughs) words what are we going to be remembered for you know what what are we going to leave behind after we're gone and those are just ideas that I, I just think about honestly on a pretty regular basis. And, you know, you can have tangible things if you write a book, if you release a podcast, if you have that kind of digital content or written content floating out there, then arguably, you know, that is a legacy and that is something you leave behind. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, so I think ultimately, I think I, what motivates me, I guess, to answer the original question is, knowing that I'm living life on my terms. And obviously I have some things to where, you know, I do have a regular eight to five job and and I have no disrespect for the company I work for. They're a great company. I love doing it, but I ultimately want to be known for something outside of that as well. Something, you know, like, I don't want to just be known for a job title. I want to know, I, I want people to know me for the things I'm passionate about marathon running, having these conversations, you know, being a storyteller, you know, being a writer in some capacity, like, Those are the things that I want to, I want to be remembered for. And I think that's ultimately why I do these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm right there with you. I am similar in that I have the, uh, nine to five, but Mm -hmm. the things that I want to be known for the things, the impact that I want to leave, I honestly don't even care if I'm known for it or not, but just like the impact I want to have on people, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you, that I feel like that fulfillment comes when you, um, you know, like you said, give people room to talk about their dreams and goals, a platform for their stories to live on. Like that is service and that is impact. And I just Mm -hmm. love that so much. And so when it comes to the stuff I want to be known for, it's this podcast, it's selling people on themselves, helping them take that next step towards their dreams and goals. And so, yeah. we are so aligned, like I'm right there with
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I think I think we're we're right on the same wavelength with everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is a great segue into your dreams and goals. Let's get into detail about mm-hmm. the things you want to be known for. So, for sure. Yeah, Marathon in all 50 states is one of them. Mm-hmm. Tell us some more.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I guess in addition to that, specifically Um, well, and I already kind of mentioned it before too. I want to compile those and write a book. So, um, ultimately I want to write a book and I feel like that's an easy one. I feel like it goes with that, that maxim you hear all the time of, you know, write what you know about type thing. And, and I feel like that's an interesting story in and of itself to tell and that it's a big life work and passion of mine. So, yeah, that's uh, those are the two main goals in the forefront of my head and just to travel and soak in as many experiences as possible, because I've often had that thought, you know, once I hit all 50 states, what what then what after that? And then people have asked me, do you want to do different countries, different continents? I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, knowing the person that I am, I, I'm sure I'm going to be doing things like that. But yeah, I think uh, so. I guess in line with that, I mean, to travel internationally more because I've I've done. I've done most of the States just tra- from a pure traveling perspective. I've done, I think the last I've counted 45 or 46 of the 50 States. Like there had, I do not, I don't have many left from purely just traveling there and experiencing it, but yeah, I don't have as much international travel. I've been to, you know, a few different countries, but it's something I want to, I want to do more of, but I think just the overall, maybe it's me overthinking it or just trying to be like a, you know, as prepared as possible, but I think what was holding me back for a little while, I mean, obviously like the cost and the the time it takes to get to some of these places, but I also just, uh, the last thing I want to be is like a disrespectful American type thing. Like I want to know the language and at least try the language. For it's a foreign language country. And, you know, I the last thing I want is just be an ignorant American walking around and getting frustrated because no one speaks English. i like, that's the last thing I want <laughs> in another country. So, yeah, so I'm I'm slowly trying to, actually learn more languages and stuff too. I took five years of German in high school and then I've been teaching myself French for the past three years.
0: I feel that. I feel that. That's mm-hmm. awesome, man. So would you say you're pretty fluent in German right now?
1: Well, I, I'd i say I used to be definitely better. I mean, when I was just practicing day in and day out, you know, I, I think I can still pick up on things. If someone were to start speaking German, I could pick up on kind of what they're saying, but I don't know if I fully feel confident anymore, like trying to speak it to a to a German or, um, or even trying to write it or, and, or anything like that. And now it's a funny story, though, I actually went to Germany in high school. And and when I was hypothetically at the peak of my German speaking language experience, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I wanted to practice my German and, and do everything like that. And I would just ask a simple question, you know, where's the bathroom? And the Germans would see right through it and they'd answer me in English. So <laughs> I wasn't fooling anybody. <laughs> but, so, that's yeah,
0: awesome.
1: But, I mean, I've heard that they like to practice their English, too. So part of it could have been that. But yeah, I think they saw right through my uh, uh, my German speaking abilities. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's one thing, like growing up in America, you only really learn English. You might mm-hmm. learn a second language, but it's not really important. I feel like a yeah. lot of foreign countries... Like, you'll have people coming out with, like, six or seven languages by the time oh, you're, yeah. like 13, and it's just like, Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So, oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think learning the languages is, is a—it's a pretty uh, important thing, like you said, to not just be a dumb American, but there's also right. something to say <laughs> for, like, immersion learning. And so I don't know where the threshold is of like should you get like to sixty percent fluency and then just go immerse yourself to get to that last like ninety percent or should you go to forty percent and immerse yourself? Like I don't know where that yeah. threshold is. Probably different for everybody, but
1: yeah. I, I've heard so many people say that I mean, really when they put themselves in the sink or swim environment of going to another country, even if they're like kind of familiar with the language, I mean you learn so much more immersing yourself in it and being in the country than you do just learning it through a Duolingo or through a textbook or something like that. And I and I fully believe that. I mean, I arguably learned more German on my trip to Germany than I did in those classes. And that's not to say the classes were bad or anything. It's just when you put yourself in that environment, it forces you to actually speak it and and be around it a lot more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So just curious if you had um all the money in the world all the time in the world nobody's expectations on your shoulders would you be kind of like a digital nomad moving from country to country 3 to 6 months at a time would it just be a week visit like how, what would your travel look like
1: oh man yeah that's that's a great question and as much as i would love to say that i would just go somewhere live there for 3 months or so and then go to the next place i mean i would definitely travel don't get me wrong but I've noticed when I do a lot of trips and I don't know if it's just because of the time aspect or the money aspect, but I'll spend a few days in a place and I'll be like, okay, like, I think I got the feel of this place. I want to see what else is out there. And then I'll move to another place or something. And arguably, I think I spend, you know, I I do a lot of sampling when I travel to where I'm just going on a road trip and like, okay, this is really cool. I think I got the feel of this. I'm going to go venture out to this new state. And then I go driving further and so knowing me, I probably would just kind of sample a lot and be, and if I, if I feel a really strong connection with a place, I probably would stay longer. But if it's one of those things where I'm just like, okay, I think I, I think I got the experience of it. I'm going to move on to something else. Cause you know, every city, every state has something different to experience. And some I connect with more than others, admittedly, like I have some friends in Vegas and like, I, I love Vegas. I love the novelty of it and going there, but Uh, like I can't spend any more than like a long weekend there before I'm just like sensory overload. And, you know, I'm, I'm naturally, I feel like more of an introvert most of the time. So it's like, it's overwhelming. it's like, I, you know, nothing against Vegas or anything. Like it's fun for what it is, but it's like, I, you know, I I can't spend too much time. there. It's like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to go experience something different.
0: (laughs) Dude, I am right there with you. Vegas sounds like a nightmare and I haven't been, (laughs) my fiance has been, and she is, um, she is, doesn't like it and she doesn't mm-hmm. like it for reasons that I wouldn't like it but I'm a little mm-hmm. bit more extreme than her yeah so I've kind of been affirmed in my thinking it's a nightmare but hey you never <laughs> know till you go so yes I
1: mean it's worth experiencing for sure but yeah from a personal standpoint it's like could I ever live there or spend an, an excess amount of time there it's like personally I couldn't just because it's 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 very overwhelming <laughs> yeah
0: yeah for sure <laughs> well, awesome, man. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd mm-hmm. really help you take the next step towards getting that marathon in all 50 states and compiling that story, those stories mm-hmm. into a book, who would that person be and how would they help you out?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I The first person who came to my head is just from a purely... Um, I guess storytelling and forming a narrative perspective, because this person I consider to be very well traveled, and um, and and this person's Jedediah Jenkins. So he has two books out. Uh, one is called "To Shake the Sleeping Self," where he writes about his experience of riding a bicycle from Oregon to Patagonia, and then he has another one like "Streams to the Ocean," which is basically a collection of thoughts and observations that touch on the bigger subjects of life, like ego, love, all the things that kind of make us human, and they're both. Fantastic books. Honestly, they're some of my all time favorites um, of, of recent years and possibly of all time. I mean, they've been very impactful for me ever since I read them. And he's just a very, uh, very careful um, person. Like a very, uh, he has a lot of careful observations. And I feel like he's just a, a very, I guess, wise soul and just uh, very well traveled. I love his storytelling and he's able to compile these experiences into something cohesive that's digestible to anyone reading it, which I think is a really hard thing to capture, you know, with not making it just sound really, I guess, esoteric or just alienate any of his audience by not being able to write. Cause personally, even though I haven't directly like been through his specific experiences or anything, I identified with a lot of the things he was saying and the feelings he was having, and he was able to convey it in such a beautiful way. So Yeah, he's someone who stands out in my head just from a purely like, okay, I have all of these experiences. I've ran a marathon in all 50 states. How do I how do I put this? How do I put pen to paper? How do I put these thoughts and collect them into something that's authentic to me that will resonate, hopefully, with somebody?
0: I feel that. I feel that. And one more Mm -hmm. time on his name.
1: Jedediah Jenkins. Yeah, so definitely check out his books. They're 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 fantastic. It's it's funny how I was even first introduced to him because there was a I was trying to support this business out of uh out of ohio uh called the book loft i believe yeah i believe it was a book loft in columbus ohio and i'm a michigander myself but i i always loved that uh that city and that business and they they, i think it was i think it was during pandemic times if i remember and they had a little like or maybe it was pre anyway they had like this little box sale to where it's like a mystery box you give them like 50 bucks or something and they'll put books in there that they think you'd like based on some of your preferences, like you named some of your all-time favorites or some interests you have. And they put this little box together of books they think you'd like. And that they hit a home run with that one because that book was in there and I just fell in love with it and I couldn't put it down.
0: (laughs) There we go. There we go. Small businesses for the win. Oh yeah. (laughs) Cool, man. Well, how about you name the most important one or two things that everyday people could do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals? For sure, yeah. So I think ultimately, just if you find
1: anything that I do interesting, you know, the podcast with exposed journeys or my goal of running a marathon in all fifty states, you know, to just share it with people, like say what you like about it, and you know, just keep keep the story alive and get the name out there. Ultimately, just kind of spread the word on it because I've I've honestly been surprised with how many people have been really getting behind this goal of mine who aren't even runners or anything like that. They just think it's just a cool thing to go after and accomplish and. That obviously helps a lot to spread awareness and spread the word for it because yeah. And I've had so many instances to where, you know, if I'm out in a different state or if I'm just in a community with people or something who have a similar goal in mind or are marathon runners, like and I'm just in their neck of the woods or something, like they'll let me crash on their couch or something while I'm out traveling. That that's a huge, I mean, help, obviously for convenience sake, you know, financially it's a big help. And I mean, yeah. Speaking of that, like I pay for everything out of pocket to do these marathons and to do all the traveling and it is, it is not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is not cheap. So, um, obviously like any help in that regard would be appreciated, but it's not like I'm like looking for handouts or anything like that. But, um, cause even just some ideas I've been toying with lately or something like if somebody has like a nutrition company or something like that, or they're looking to promote some of their products at a running expo or something like at a marathon, like, You know, I'd be totally willing to, like, help out with, you know, at the running expo or do some sort of work in exchange for, like, some financial cost to be, like, assisted with or helped out with. Um, That obviously would be big, too, but... um, yeah, ultimately just, you know, and, and not even from a financial standpoint, but even just like I said before, like just if it's something that interests you and and like you just want to share the story or let friends know about it, or if you just got an extra couch I can crash on or something like that, if I happen to be like staying around you, then obviously that's a huge help. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There we go. I think that is um, really important. And I also think you have a good thought with the kind of helping out with work. I feel mm-hmm. like you could really get some sponsorships, especially with the blog and the podcast. And like, yeah, as your following grows, I'm not sure mm-hmm. quite where it is right now, but yeah, definitely like you could be like a brand ambassador or something mm-hmm. to kind of take the edge off that.
1: Right. No, there are so many options available today. And that's, it's something I'm honestly still like figuring out myself. Cause obviously, like, money is like a very touchy subject for a lot of people and stuff. And it can get like uncomfortable or whatever, like trying to figure out ways to like monetize things. And there's like that fine line to where it's just like, uh, I don't want to do it you know, like too early necessarily. Like, I don't want it to be like sleazy sounding or something like that, or like it'd be inauthentic or something, or like try too early to do promoting or sponsorships or whatever. Like there's, you know, there's a, I guess a, it, it's a delicate balance, trying to figure all that out and everything. And I'm still learning it honestly, but yeah. Um, ultimately I think that would be the goal through the podcast, through everything else. I mean, you know, certainly not to get rich off it or anything, but, but just to like cover my costs and everything. Cause you know, I, I pay for the podcast out of pocket too, just to like, you know, I pay an editor and I, I pay a hosting service and stuff like that. And I, you know, paid for the website design and everything like, um, you know, that, and, and, you know, I'm not definitely not complaining. Like I love doing what I do, but obviously like anything I can do to like offset those costs and make it flush. So I'm not like you know, it's not out of pocket all the time. I mean, that would be nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, have you ever heard of Russell Brunson?
1: It sounds familiar, but I don't know if I'm too familiar, though.
0: So he's a he's kind of like a marketing kind of guru guy. And mm. I'm really big on self-improvement and business yeah. and stuff. I really think you should take I don't know what your time looks like. I know you keep a pretty mm. tight schedule, but mm. The one funnel away challenge literally changed my entire mindset about really monetizing the podcast, monetizing um, kind of my services, and it just shifted my whole perspective. And nice. one thing, if you want like a little sampler of it, look up um, what is it called? The value la- or the four levels of value. Myron Golden, I think, is his name, and you mm-hmm. should just be able to YouTube that. I'm sure it'll be on there. If not, it's okay. definitely in a blog and he kind of talks about why people get paid, how they get paid and all that good stuff. And, um, yeah, man, it just, it blew my mind. It completely changed my mindset. And then it put me on this kind of path that was like, I kind of felt icky about doing stuff like cold DMS or cold text messages or cold mm-hmm. stuff to sell stuff. Um, right. but then it was like, if I truly believe in what I'm selling and, mm-hmm. um, I truly believe it's going to serve the person that I am serving. Mm-hmm. It's like it would be kind of amoral or immoral. I, I don't know what word I'm supposed to use there. <laughs> <laughs> it would be wrong to not ask a thousand people if they needed the service, if I could mm-hmm. help one. Like if you could help that right. one person with their problem, you're kind of morally obligated to go ask a thousand people. And so I don't know, it just shifted my mindset and made me a, a bit more confident with what I was selling. But it might oh, be a for thought. Sure might be a thought. No, I'll
1: I'll definitely have to check out that video. Yeah. And the blog and everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. The One Funnel Away Challenge, I will say it's a hundred bucks. If that is a problem, literally shoot me a text and I'll like, I'll pay for it for you. If you're serious about taking it, you have to go through it. But um, Mm -hmm. I I know (laughs) like um, when you don't trust the person who's giving the course. And I know you don't know Russell Brunson like that. It's kind of hard to pay for something, but I trusted it so much. I will literally pay for it for you. And I'm not stacked by any means. So that
1: means a <laughs> lot. <laughs> oh, no, that, that, yeah, that definitely says a lot. She's so, okay. I wrote that name down and everything. And yeah, I'll definitely have to uh, do more digging into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Yeah, man, that's so hard because I'm like such a big uh, connoisseur of books, movies and podcasts. But and I already I already plugged the book earlier with Jedediah Jenkins. So I think I'll go movie here just because I think I briefly mentioned the the movie podcast. So in terms of my overall enjoyment and rewatchability with a film, I think I'd have to go The Big Lebowski. (laughs) Really? So yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Coen brothers and a lot of their films are actually in my all time favorites. Like it's a flip flop because I really love no country for old men and on certain days I can almost call that my favorite film of all time, but the big Lebowski is just so enjoyable and it has more rewatchability in my opinion, just in terms of just something that you can throw on and just laugh at most of the, you know, moments in it. And yeah, yeah that one just never gets old for me. It's fantastic.
0: There we go. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'll have to go watch it.
1: Oh, for sure. And And actually uh, going full circle there. So if you look up Films for the Void, there's a a logo on uh, my T-shirt and my friend Landon's T-shirt because there was like a little cartoon caricature that uh, our friend RB did. And so my shirt has a little... Cocktail glass mixed drink type thing. It's a white Russian, and that is in reference to the Big Lebowski. <laughs> gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah, it's, uh I made it into so it's incorporated into the logo and everything. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cemented. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, too. So, uh going for a run is a really great way to take care of myself, just overall. I mean, not even just from a physical aspect, but for my mental well being and stuff, too. Like, it's, as weird as it sounds, I truly feel like running keeps me sane because I feel like if I don't go out and go for a run or do some sort of physical activity, you know, I get pretty stir crazy. I get pretty anxious and like, I'm, I can be a pretty anxious person just in general with things, but yeah, I've, I've, I've realized that going for a run really alleviates a lot of that anxiety from me. It just, you know, I'm, I'm able to just kind of be free, relax a little bit, and just kind of clear my head. And I've noticed that I'm able to think with, much more clarity after going for a run. I almost treat it as like a meditative practice, honestly. Gotcha. And then, um, yeah, and actually, well, actually a few weeks ago, I got COVID, unfortunately. And (laughs) so um, I couldn't really go out. Well, I was too, you know, I I didn't want to go out and everything or interact with anybody. I was isolating. So I was just staying inside literally. And so obviously I had to occupy my time in other ways and I couldn't really do that. So you know, that's when I busted out my switch. I started playing video games again. I started reading, and those are some of the things I neglect, admittedly, if I get too busy or what have you. But I've come to realize those are really essential too for my mental well-being. Because just taking that that time to just do something relaxing and wind down. I mean, I was able to tackle tasks so much better after that. I actually got a lot done. You know, while I was at home in isolation, um, I would just make sure to take those breaks, and then I just knock out stuff I've been putting off for weeks or months
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no I feel that I am uh very similar when I get super busy or sometimes when I feel like I'm not being productive enough and I mm-hmm. feel like I should be busy trying to produce something yeah. I'll like cut out kind of just me time where it's like a walk mm-hmm. or working out or um playing video games with Gracie or mm-hmm. you know, just chilling watching an anime whatever it may be right Um, I cut that stuff out because I'm like no I should be doing business 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 (laughs) it's like exactly dude you're 23 chill out
1: but (laughs) no I (laughs) know
0: yeah
1: yeah. I'm worried the exact same way like I feel like I it's and it's kind of a nasty habit I'll admit but I I feel like I need to be productive at all times and then it's like no like I can't I can't read I can't play video games like I need to be productive I need to get this stuff done but then I'll just you know that's how you get burned out and everything and then I've noticed when I take even just a little bit of time out of my day to do those things just for me, with that without the intention of producing something or doing something productive, then I'm able to tackle these tasks and productive things so much easier after the fact, oh, yeah. and I'm just able to whip right through them. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. because a lot of time when you're like trying to be productive, you're beating yourself up for not being productive enough, and then when yep. you just chill, oftentimes the thing you were trying to do really did, wasn't even going to take that long. Like 15 minutes, 30 (laughs) minutes, maybe, of focused attention, but you couldn't focus because you were so drained. Exactly. Uh, But yeah, no, I I dig that. I'm right there with you. Well, awesome. (laughs) Next question What is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet? Jedediah Jenkins.
1: (laughs) Oh no, that's great. I mean, yeah, no, I think uh, ultimately to do that, I mean, I'm a big action oriented person and, you know, just try to, I guess, manifest things that way through just like actually chipping away at things slowly, little by little each day. And I guess in terms of actually meeting Jedediah Jenkins, I just think back to just my podcast in general. Like I've only been doing it a little over a year, but some of the guests I've been had, I've been having on there, like greatly exceed anything I've ever accomplished in life type thing. And they're actually interested in being on the show or like I'd hit them up or they hit me up and like, Hey, can I talk about this? you just like, yeah, of course. Or like, you know, I'd reach out to some people is like, there's no way that ever want to be on my podcast. And then they're like, yeah, man, I'll be on your podcast. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that was easier than I thought. And so in terms of that, I, I think just like, you know, I, I can't, I, I got to have more confidence in what I'm doing and myself and everything like that, because, Yeah. I mean, you never know if I try reaching out to Jedediah Jenkins and kind of say he's a big inspiration or just say some of the stuff I'm doing. I mean, you never know. Uh, Maybe I might get a response back or something, or we could work something out. So you never really know until you try. And yeah, in terms of what I do with, with marathon running, like I said, I'm very action oriented. So most of the time I'll just sign up for the races and kind of figure out the logistics later. Like I'll have an idea. I'll just be like, okay, like, can I get the time off work? You know, like are there flights available that fit my schedule type thing? Do I, you know, if I have to fly there and little things like that, I'll like figure out the loose details there and then I'll just sign up for the race. And then everything else will just kind of fall into place. i be like, well, all right, well, I'm going to have to be, you know, in shape for it. So I'm going to have to figure out a training plan or something. And I just kind of figure that out after the fact. And yeah, sometimes it works out well, sometimes, um, It's a struggle to finish the race, but hey, I always finish. Yeah. (laughs) It may may not always be pretty, but I'll always finish.
0: (laughs) There we go. There we go. I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our last question kind of series. And it used to be just one last question, but now it's a series of questions. (laughs) And they require a bit of pretext. So I need you to bear with me here. Yeah. Awesome. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that causes that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree with that, disagree, have anything to add or subtract?
1: Yeah, that's good. I mean. Oh, man. Yeah, I I think I think ultimately people. I feel like people as a whole are very reactive and, and I'm guilty of this, too. So I feel like people won't typically take action or do something until they're either forced into the situation or they just have some sort of profound life changing experience or moment, you know, from an inspirational standpoint to where they're like, I can do this or I really need to do this. And that's what sometimes causes them to take action on things. And yeah, it's, and it is totally a mindset too, like what you were saying. So ultimately if people are really stuck in their ways and not willing to grow or change, I mean, it's, you know, that you do have to have a mind shift change in order to be more open to things and to, to grow and to evolve and and things like that. And I feel like it comes easier to others, you know, to some people than others for sure. And yeah. uh, hmm. So in terms of, being inspired or forced into the situation i mean it sounds pessimistic to say i realize but i think if i had to choose you know one of those i feel like people would would more so act out of desperation and like i need to figure this out type thing and 100%. and and work that way as opposed to when they're inspired like i mean it you know obviously depends on the person i'm not saying everyone works that way but i've noticed inspiration can be very short lived and you can get derailed pretty fast from it. Like you can go to a great speech or seminar or meet somebody to where you're like, man, they're doing really cool things. I'm really inspired by this. And that might inspire you for a few days, maybe a week or so, but then you could easily fall back into old habits. But if you're in a desperate situation where you don't have that option to fall back on, then that kind of, you know, it, it forces you into the situation. where You're like, no, I have to figure this out. There's no other way around it. <laughs> And so yeah. I think, I think that's really what ultimately leads to the change. And it's unfortunate that that's what causes it. You know, if it's, if it's out of desperation, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. Life's crazy <laughs> as a way of, of going about and working things out or just, or getting you on past you never even thought you'd be on. And that's, I guess partially what I love to do on the podcast too, is figure all that out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, um, Yeah, desperation is what it tends to be. I think it's because of something called the upper limit problem. It's in a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. But he talks Mm. about how we have kind of a temperature of success. And um, when we get too much above that temperature, we start to go back. um, We start to self-sabotage back into like where we're comfortable. So if we get too successful, we're Mm. like, ah, we're not worth that. And then we self-sabotage back into where we're kind of used to it. But I feel like if we get below our kind of, Temperature of success, that's when desperation starts to kick in, and we're always willing to get back up to our temperature. So I feel like that's what mm-hmm. where it's like um we might be like, oh, now we need a new temperature, so that never happens again. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. where it's like desperation can drive us um forward. But next question is why do you think some people, given the same amount of extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, make the choice to change and others don't? Mm
1: that's, that's also a great question. And yeah, I feel like so many factors go into that, but I feel like it's ultimately comes down to, I guess if some people are more okay than others, just kind of being content and just going through the motions, I guess, like, it almost, I almost just think of like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs type thing. And just kind of thinking like, are people okay with just having their bare minimum needs met? Or do some people just for some reason you know have the or have the desire to go beyond that really and and i mean there are a lot of theories going into it too and i'm certainly not an expert on the subject or anything but i think it ultimately has to do with with mindset and overall your just outlook really on yourself like because there are some people who you know uh, others may look at them and and say oh they could be doing more type thing but maybe they're thinking in their heads that they're you know doing the that they are doing the best they can or they're doing you know, all these extra things or, or something they're doing enough type thing. So I don't know. Perspective plays a big role in that too, I'd say. So
0: yeah, man, perspective yeah. is the I
1: don't even know if I fully answered your original question, but that I just, all those thoughts are coming to my head, but yeah, I think it ultimately just comes down to, I mean, really what people are looking to get out of things and their overall outlook. Like, are they, are they content and okay with, with working an eight to five job and that's all they do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like You know, there are people who do that and they have a a big sense of pride and ownership with their job and that's what they like doing and then they just don't really like to worry about anything else outside of that and not really have any plan or agenda and they just kind of, you know, they'll watch TV, relax, wind down and stuff like that and, and, you know, like they're, yeah, it's a... it's, it's so hard to say, because yeah, I mean, to some people that'd be like an ideal life and ideal living. And then, you know, and they'll look at other people like me or something like that, who's who barely sleeps and do all these things. And you're like, you're crazy. Why are you doing all that stuff? <laughs> so yeah. It really comes down to what you're looking to get out of life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Perspective and mindset. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, our next question is that uh, some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger more consistent amount i feel like you might be echoing yourself in the answer Mm -hmm. to this question but (laughs) the question comes in what do you think establishes that breaking point that threshold of how much desperation or inspiration you need and can it be influenced at any point in time
1: hmm yeah, I, I mean, I think it can definitely be influenced to answer the, the second part of that question. And I think everybody's driving factor is different, in my opinion, because I think ultimately, you know, and, and it's all based on who we are just as a person and all of the culminating experience we've had throughout life. There are some things to where it doesn't even cross the mind of other people, some of their fears and anxieties of, you know, what their driving force could be or what would force them in that desperate situation to act or to change their, their lifestyle or habits or mindset or anything. So all of those experiences, I think determine, you know, where that breaking point is. And I think it's different for everybody for sure, because there are certain things that drive me or freak me out that I'm sure people don't even think twice about or something (laughs) like, and vice versa. There are some things that people are really freaked out about that really don't bother me at all. And, and it's weird how it, how it works. Like, like I said before, I have you know, different levels of anxiety, but it's not really like social anxiety. So like, I have no problem going out meeting people. I have no problem going to a random dive bar and doing karaoke in front of strangers. I have no issue with that. That would freak a lot of people out probably. And they would like get anxious just thinking about it. Like how could you put yourself in that situation? But like, you know, my anxiety is just coming in a different form and I, I get worried about other random things that, you know, people probably wouldn't even think twice about type thing. And yeah. So I think that's ultimately what determines, you know, your, your plan of action and what forces you in that desperate position to change or to act or just kind of being put in that situation. You know, some of it's financial, some of it's from a, you know, from a social status standpoint, maybe some of it could be, I don't know, something even completely irrational.
0: <laughs> you
1: ah. know? It's hard to say. I mean, everybody's different, but I think ultimately it's, it's, your overall experiences that you had, because I feel like your upbringing, your, you know, your family, who you spend your time with, all of that shapes your overall outlook on the world and experiences. And that's why travel, I think is so important to me too, is because you're constantly changing your outlook, putting yourself in a situation, an environment that's completely foreign to you, interacting with people you never would have interacted with before, being in places you've never would have been. And there's a certain thrill to that, of just being in a restaurant or cafe or something like that. And just being a stranger in someone else's town and not just being just going to go into your regular coffee shop, like, and you know, to other people who are sitting there, maybe they, maybe they don't think you're a stranger. Maybe they think you're a uh, local or something like that. And they're a stranger themselves or something. It's I'm i de- I'm getting way off subject. I realize here, but these are just my, whole, all, all thoughts that have been coming to my head. That's oh, the question.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. The culmination of your experiences, I think is a great, Way to put it, and um, mm. I think the fact that it can be influenced is key there because if it's the culmination of your experiences, and you realize at any point in time you can take extreme ownership over your life and start to control what experiences you have and how you see those experiences, you can start to change that threshold. So mm-hmm. I
1: think oh right. definitely yeah yeah and I and yeah I think you brought up a good point there. I think that threshold is changeable too. What you're able to tolerate because I think as you overcome different you know, fears, anxieties, or overcome different obstacles that was your, what you thought was your threshold before you're able to go beyond it. Maybe your threshold is bigger. Now you're able to withstand more. And yeah. that, that plays a big factor too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. We have one last question for you now. All right. So I want you to think of a um, extremely stubborn person, somebody who is really has a fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help, they're not willing to accept change. Kind of get that person in your head. It could be somebody you know, or it can just be a kind of character, you know? (laughs) Um, So think of them with this question in mind. Now in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the person you had in your head, How can we create an environment for that person that was in your head that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for that person to make the choice that will change their life?
1: Ooh, that is that is good. I think in terms of the person that I envision in my head, um, they they need to have clear structure and expectations. And um, and I know it's it's a lot easier said than done type thing because this person I'm envisioning in my head is the type of person to where you know, like they, you know, they'll read like the syllabus in a college class type thing. And if it's not on the syllabus, or if they don't have a guideline for how to do a project or something like that, they freak out, they ask questions like they're, uh, I don't want to say they're just uh, very, well, yeah, I guess in a sense, they're very dependent on somebody else in order to change because I don't know what it is. But I feel I feel like it's almost like they they don't have that comfort of getting out of their comfort zone and trusting their own intuition to do something. So I feel like they need kind of that direction in order to get started, which I mean, which, which is hard because if you're, if you're talking about different aspects or things, especially if you're, if you're, I don't know, getting specific with things on just like starting a new venture or podcast or business or any of those sort of things. I mean, you can have people who have maybe done something similar, have some sort of mentor, but that's not always going to be readily available to you. I mean, yep. in terms of specifically what you're trying to do and what, you know, because you you're going to be the best person and the best resource to know the roadmap and exactly the vision of what you want to do and what and how you want to proceed and everything. So, yeah, I think I think ultimately that's the first thing that came to mind was just having some sort of clear direction and, and expectations for how to get the change. So I guess in this case, it would, it would be some sort of mentor or somebody to come in and kind of get inspiration to change. Um, did that fully answer your question? There were probably other aspects of it that I probably missed.
0: <laughs> oh man, that was it. That was it. It's a, okay. uh, yeah, create an environment that gives them clear structure and expectations.
1: Yeah. I think that's Perfect. ultimately, yeah, that was a great way to sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> I said the very long-winded version of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. Eric, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: No, I mean, I think this was good. Uh, Yeah, you definitely kept me on my toes with these questions and everything made me think very critically about things. But uh, no, this, this is great. No, I love the structure and the flow of this. And I think we covered a lot of ground in terms of what I do and kind of the things that keep me busy and whatnot. So yeah, this is a blast.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There we go. Well, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Of course, yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Eric had to say, go ahead and check out both of his podcasts and his blog. Send him some support. Let him crash on your couch if he happens to be running a marathon near you. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes and...